0: The Fake Show Podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, the Craft House Brewery in Henderson, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas.
1: It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty.
0: Actress Bonnie Hunt has done such great work over the years in projects such as Jerry Maguire, Rain Man, Escape at Dannemora, The Green Mile. Her own written and directed film, Return to Me, and by the way, she was a member of Second City in Chicago while at the same time working as an oncology nurse at Northwestern. And now she continues as one of the voices in the latest Toy Story movie. I've got Bonnie Hunt on the line right now. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, sir?
0: Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, it's nice talking to a girl from Chicago. I'm sort of from the Chicago land area, and that I'm from Racine, Wisconsin, just north of there.
1: Of course, I know Racine. That's like home.
0: Yeah, did you ever head up that way? I mean, a, a lot of people in our area used to go up north a lot on summer vacations and stuff up at the lakes.
1: I did. Yes, I used to go. To, I mean, I was spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. I married a guy from Madison. I mean, we're divorced now, but uh, we're, right. We're, Many fond years of being in Wisconsin
0: i loved your film return to me, and you must have loved working with those legendary actors, Carol O'Connor and Robert loggia
1: I did, and you know it was such an honor because I wrote that script and i and and I wrote the character of those for Carol O'Connor and Robert Loggia, never imagining that I would actually get them to play the roles, but the, they were in my mind as we were developing characters and to have both those legends say yes to me, a first time director, um, it was, uh, I was so lucky. I was just so lucky. And it's a, a film that I wanted to be timeless and I think it still holds up and people still come up to me and quote lines from it. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts of my career.
0: I had heard that it was not so easy to get Carol O'Connor to come aboard because he was just kind of ready to not do, you know, acting anymore.
1: He really was. He was so honest. You know, I I got to a point where I was able to get a hold of him and he was going to talk to me on the phone. And he said, hello, young lady. Congratulations that you wrote this movie and you're going to direct it. But um, I want to be honest with you. I'm I'm tired. I'm old, I have the money that I need, and I'm sad because I lost my son. I And he just wasn't motivated. And I just thanked him so much for calling me, and I said, if you ever did have a chance to read the script and wanted to give me your opinion, I would be honored that you just read it. And thanked him for even calling me. And he called me the next day and said that he had read the script and that he wanted to have dinner with me. And Wow. So I drove to Malibu, and we had dinner. And by the end of the meal, he just touched my hand at the table and he said, you know, kid, I think I'm going to do your I'm going to do your story. And I, <laughs> I, I drove home. I had to keep pulling over because I was crying all the way home because I was thinking about my <laughs> dad. He used to watch all in the family. You know, my yeah. dad died when I was a teenager. So I'm thinking, oh, look at my dad would never imagine this kid from Chicago You know, growing up in the city in a blue-collar family, I'm going to be directing this legend that I grew up watching on television.
0: Oh, man, that's incredible. By the way, did you see the uh, All in the Family, the updated live version they did with Woody Harrelson and, and that cast?
1: I did, yes.
0: What did you think?
1: Well, I think everybody had mixed emotions about it, but I knew a lot of the people playing the roles, so I was cheering for them, and it was fun to see it. I thought it was something different, and it was interesting. Um, I I had a lot of emotions about it. I mean, those are pretty sacred characters you know yeah you don't want anybody to touch them but it's kind of nice that a new generation got to see the storytelling and maybe they wouldn't have watched it if it weren't presented in this format
0: i know that you're a cubs fan did you grow up in the in the wrigleyville area
1: i did right uh, west of wrigley field off of addison i grew up that's where i grew up and my most of my family's still in chicago so and i still keep a place there so i'm back and forth between los angeles and chicago and i love it i mean i've You know, it's it's Wrigley Field. It was my backyard growing up, basically.
0: I'm assuming you don't go there in the winter so much.
1: I do all the time. Yeah, winter's so scary. But then again, isn't it winter everywhere? It's freezing in LA at night now. I mean, what they consider freezing. Yeah, Chicago. The the minute it hits forty, everybody's wearing shorts and a t-shirt. In LA, it hits sixty and people like it's freezing out.
0: I know, I know. I'm I'm here in Las Vegas and when it gets to sixty, people have winter coats on here. So
1: I know <laughs> oh, I'm a Wisconsin I, guy in Vegas, yeah.
0: I know. I know that you were an oncology nurse at Northwestern. Did you did you get that sort of giving back from your parents? How how did
1: that come about? Oh, definitely from my parents. I mean we were um it's a long story how I stayed in nursing school and became a nurse, but I I've never fully left it. I've worked as a patient advocate for the last 25 years and I, you know, to really diagnose cancer patients through their, um, treatment decisions and treatment. And I, you know, it's all voluntary and, uh, I love it. It's always been a big part of my life, but definitely it's affected the choices I make and stories that I do and everything else because, you know, I'm just so lucky in my twenties to have been with these people at the most vulnerable time of their life facing their own mortality and see how powerful it was for them to be watching something on television and for a moment laugh or forget their pain or get lost in the story. Um, so I always wanted to do both, and I was able to. I worked at Second City at night, worked at the hospital during the day, so I had a lot of wonderful balance. And I think it's important, the what we put out there.
0: Second city, that must have been kind of therapy and, and a release for you to, to do that while at the same time working as a nurse.
1: Yeah, very thoughtful question, Jim. It, it's true. It, is, it, is, it, was, it was therapeutic. It was a very important balance that I needed to have and um, because I was very involved with my patients. I was single living in my apartment and my whole life was my patients, and then at night, I was able to go to the theater and improvise and hear hundreds of people laughing. And uh, it was just wonderful. I, I remember thinking sometimes backstage that my life would never get better than that moment because I had such a, um, uh, the patience had such a profound effect on me. And, and, and seeing people laugh at night, it just was uh, a great, a great balance. And I, I try to emulate it, I try to keep uh, recreating it and everything that I do.
0: Was that right around the time Mike Myers was at Second City in Chicago as well?
1: Yes, Mike and I were in the same cast. But one of the greatest jobs, because you're thinking on your feet.
0: It was so pleasantly surprised when you were part of the cast of Escape at Dan Amora, which was just fantastic. I mean, Ben Stiller, I don't know how he was able to grab that story and make it just as compelling as he did. And it was a nice part for you, wasn't it?
1: It was, you know, and it was one of those things where Ben called me on the phone. He's like, I'm going to do this movie. And I'm like, oh, yes, I remember that story. And... And it was going to be this many episodes and bringing the characters through. And there's nothing like a prison escape, especially when it's based on something true. And he did a great job. And people always say, oh, he does comedy. And it's like, yeah, well, if you do comedy that's very relatable and funny, then you can do drama that's, uh, you know, heavy and dimensional. Because it's much harder to make people laugh than it is to make them feel drama i think
0: i seem to remember you were on maybe the final year that johnny carson was hosting the tonight show how how great was that for you
1: it was so great i mean the biggest thrill of my life you know my dad died when i was a teenager and one year for father's day i had given my dad we had this little tape recorder you know with the cassettes and i taped a tonight show the audio and um, I went through and spliced it all, and took the guest's voice out and put my voice in as if I was a guest on Tonight Show. And it was my gift for my dad for Father's Day, and he thought it was the funniest, greatest thing, and <laughs> he played it for friends. And you know, I I think the guest was Joey Bishop, and Johnny would say, "So Joey," and I'd say, "Quit calling me Joey. My name is Bonnie." It was corny, but my dad <laughs> thought it was great. So all those years <laughs> later, my father was gone and in heaven. You know, I'm walking out on the Tonight Show with the real Johnny Carson and sitting there as a guest, it was a really emotional moment for me and I'll never forget it. And he was so Johnny Carson was so good to me. He brought me back a few more times right before he left the show. He was a fan and really gave me kind of the encouragement that I needed to hang in there.
0: And was it not uh, Johnny who then referred you to David Letterman? And obviously you had a great chemistry with Dave.
1: Yes, the Tonight Show sent a tape over of me. I was in the audience of the Late Show, of Letterman's show, with my sister Kathy. We were in New York, and we were leaving out after the show was over, and I was like, oh, this was so exciting, you know, to see Letterman's show. And um, I had done the Tonight Show already, which was, of course, the creme de la creme with Johnny Carson, and somebody stopped me that worked on the Late Show's and said, are you Bonnie Hunt? And I said, yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, the Tonight Show, Johnny Carson just sent over a tape of you and you're probably going to get booked on our show. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just thought, come on, they can't be real. Johnny Carson would even remember, and it was real. And like a week later, they called me, and uh, yep, that was because of Johnny Carson. Pretty cool.
0: And one of those, you know, Hollywood rumors is that you turned down designing women when Delta Burke left the show so that you could do Davis Rules.
1: Well, because so I could do Davis Rules with Jonathan Winter, but the people that were going to be playing my parents in Davis Rules were Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows. I, I mean, Designing Women was a huge hit show. In fact, I think my agency, I'm pretty sure that's when my agency dropped me when I turned down. It was double the money. It wasn't, Designing Women was a great show, but it wasn't my type of show for my sense of humor.
0: Right. And
1: I, I respected it, and I understood why it was such a big hit, and I appreciated it, all the talent on it. But at the time, to be able to work with Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows, to me, I would have done that for free. And I didn't have any money to begin with anyway, so it was <laughs> I I knew this opportunity would be, um, once in a lifetime. And Jonathan Winters and Audrey Meadows became very, very, um, important in my life. They became, uh, dear friends. They offered me so much guidance and support and they were both in my life very much until the day they, uh, died. And, uh, I'll never, I'm just, can never replace that gift. That's for sure. And I learned so much from them about everything.
0: It seems like such a smart decision, but at the time you must have felt like, oh my God, I hope I'm doing the right thing here.
1: It's interesting. I think I felt like I was, I knew I was doing the right thing for me. I didn't know what the results would be, whether it's success or failure, but because I was an oncology nurse, at that time full time um that's what i did during the day and i i think i just knew that i was going to do things that felt right for me and that would be more important than anything else and I, at the time though I got to tell you it was a full court press for me to take Designing Women that agent was on me saying you're going to be on the cover of TV Guide they're giving you a spot to present at the Emmys you're going to be all <sighs> oh. over the papers This is going to be huge you're going to be a star and I think Jan Hooks took the job and she yeah. wasn't cover of everything. She was at the Emmys and my show was canceled. The Davis rules were canceled like a year later, but it didn't, it, it never felt like the wrong decision for me. It just never, I, I, it never felt wrong. Never. I just, um, it felt right in my heart.
0: There's a lot to be said for sticking to your guns, that's for sure. And and uh, the Toy Story franchise is so great. Toy Story 4 is out June 21st, I believe, is the premiere of that. And can you tell us anything about the plot? You play Dolly.
1: I play Dolly. Um, and I, all the characters, of course, are dimensional. And there's the safety net of a great story. And there's an adventure. And Woody really grows and goes through um a big change with the guidance of Bo Peep it's uh, they really found a story to tell and that's why there is a fourth one Uh, they wouldn't have done it um any other way and it's just it's so good I mean kids are going to love it and parents are going to love it it's It's great storytelling.
0: Can't wait. I I really enjoy everything you do. And I know it's unprofessional, but I have an incredible crush on you. And it was uh, an honor to talk to you, Bonnie.
1: Oh, you just made my day. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Bonnie, great to talk to you and good luck with everything.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.
0: All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bonnie is what I refer to as a real stand-up gal. And by the way, she has done voices on a lot of great animated projects. Besides the Toy Story franchise, she was one of the voices in the Cars franchise and A Bug's Life. Well, that brings us to the close of this episode of The Fake Show. I'm Jim Tofte. I'll see you back here next time.
1: Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.